0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab that cup of coffee or tea, sit back so we can chat about what is happening up in the stars above for today, tomorrow, and Saturday. Wait, today is Friday, tomorrow is Saturday, so Sunday, the weekend. I'm a little off my game this morning. I had tech issues on Monday, as you all know, and I couldn't come on air, so I'm like out of practice. How do I get out of practice? I don't know. I don't know, but out of practice. Um, And we are meant to have our guests, Pia and Colin, with us this morning. She just texted me and said that they are on their way, uh, but will be a couple of minutes late. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to bring them in soon. Uh, Good morning to all of you who are checking in with us at this point in time. Uh, we have a bit to talk about today. I'm hoping that Pia and Colin can fill us in on some new moon information uh, through the P- the Pleiadian Earth astrology, uh, but we are going to be talking today about that new moon. It occurs on the 19th if you are on the West Coast or if you are toward Hawaii and Alaska. But if you are in Mountain Time and East, that new moon occurs on the 20th, which will be on Monday. So uh, we'll talk about it mostly today as much as we can. And I see Pia and Colin are now with us. Let's add them to the stream here. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Janet and everybody. It's good to see you too. Thank you. It's good to see you. Everything's going good? Yes. Yes. No complaints. Good. I like that. I like it when it's like that. We've all had had our thoughts out there for you with earthquakes happening all around that area that Turkey is uh, mostly in Turkey. But I knew you weren't too far from there. So it's good to see that you're all well and good.
1: Thank you. We appreciate that. Actually, Cullen and I feel earthquakes wherever they happen on the planet. So it doesn't really matter how close they are because we're aware of them.
0: Yeah. Feeling them is one thing, but being in the experience of your house crashing down around you or things falling off shelves and things like that is a completely different story. You're exactly right. Yeah. You know, Colin, you grew up in Southern California. How many of those shakers did you feel? Because I know I hated those earthquakes that they had there.
2: They were constant. Um, I'm I'm a wee bit older than you are. And in In the time that I was in elementary school, we spent a huge amount of time with earthquake drills. Yeah, we did too. we We had to dash out of the the school buildings, I don't know, dozens of times each year. I mean, it was a really big deal in the in the fifties, um, it was a much more turbulent time earthquake wise, I think than when you grew up. Um, so it, it yeah, was a big I,
0: I remember two big ones, and they were both in February. And um, one was the Simi Valley earthquake. That was, I don't know, like a 6.1 or something like that. And then there was one the following year or two years later, right around the same date. And uh, I was like dreading February after that. <laughs> like, are we going to have earthquakes? <laughs> uh, but those they both happened in the early morning so uh, before I would be in school. So I was never in school during one of the major shakes. Uh But uh, certainly, you know, you you just learn to kind of go with the flow, but that anticipation is the thing that gets to you.
2: And it's just really
0: sad to see that the buildings in Turkey didn't hold up to that level of shaking.
2: That is really surprising to us. I mean, Engineering around the world has has technologically changed so dramatically in the past twenty or thirty years.
0: Mm-hmm. We're always
2: amazed about these buildings that fall. Into that deep. pancake. Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing that that keeps happening. That that they're not making safe buildings when they could be.
0: Yeah it is interesting because uh, they were supposed to be making them to certain earthquake codes, but as also happens here in the U S you know, there's this thin line that they, you know, can, can get away with. And if they can get away with that, then they do. And then a, a large earthquake comes along and flattens down, you know, I don't know, thousands upon thousands of buildings. And now suddenly it's a problem and we're going to arrest everybody that was a contractor and, you know, it, but yeah. in the meantime thirty some thousand people or more, perhaps even at this point, lost their lives because of this,
2: yeah, it's sad it, it's sad when when money apparently is more important than people's lives i mean i I thought possibly we might have learned a little little bit about that along the way historically, <laughs> and evidently. It's still going on.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? I find it even more interesting because, you know, everything that's happening now is as as a result of our 200 plus years in Earth uh, element signs Mm -hmm. in in terms of our society and our culture And, uh, and cultures all around the world, not just, you know, USA culture, but all around the world. We were all affected by Earth. And, you know, the element of greed comes into that. Right, materialism and consumerism, and you know all of that. So you know now we're at this. You know, we've already transitioned into the age of air, and as we move further into the age of air, it exposes the weaknesses that were um, wrought in the age of earth. So it'll be really interesting to see. And I mean, I have been so engaged watching this whole fiasco with the balloons right the chinese whatever balloons uh i don't know have, have there been like four things shot down out of the sky nobody is really saying what they are because it is such an air concern right <laughs> that suddenly we are you know in our minds is this idea of balloons flying over maybe they're spying on us I just shake my head because, you know, we're going to see more and more of that kind of thing, right? The, yes. the cyber warfare kind of things, the air bombardments, the concerns around information and blockchains and uh, all of, you know, whatever comes after blockchain that's security oriented. So it's interesting to just watch how um, astrology unfolds without you know i'm just like watching it oh okay that's fun right balloons <laughs> <Blues laughs> flying overhead whatever
2: <laughs> I, think, I think we have to have a sense of humor about this because we're going to be we're going to be shown things that are going to be unbelievable in in all of the lies and all of the things that all the treachery and trickery that's been going on worldwide a lot of this is going to come basically because of the power of astrology. Many of these things are going to come to the surface. And yeah. I, think, I think we're going to be amazed at, at what we're going to see revealed in the next, I would say, a year to 18 months from now. I think we're going to be given so much that, that's been hidden for so long.
0: Uh, Yeah. And it's popping up more and more and more. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you pay attention to, you know, things, documents that are coming out about UFOs or about, uh, what do they call them now? UAPs, unidentified, wait, UAP, I don't know, they have uh, different levels of words now, right? Because we have to have words to describe (laughs) what it is that we can't see. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um, I think more and more of that's going to come out, especially when we start to have Pluto moving across uh, the barrier between Capricorn and Aquarius. And of course, that begins next month.
1: Yeah. Well, we're getting a little preparation for it from the Pleiadian Earth energy perspective, because we're about to move into the 13 day period of seeing energy and seeing energy, which is it's going to start pretty soon here, seeing energy.
0: Twenty second.
1: seconds 22nd, Wednesday yeah, the 27th. Wednesday seeing energy has a double a double gift in it it is really good at pointing out the details and it's also really good at encouraging us to look at the big picture so I think our challenge is going to be look at all these things that are showing up in the details the balloons the this the that everything that's showing up in the details but don't stop and focus only on the details and get fixated there Look for what's behind those details. The bigger Look. picture. Yes.
2: Exactly. Look
1: for the bigger picture. That's what we're that's what we're having for the last part of February and the first of March prepping us for all the stuff that's coming in March.
0: And what a March it will be. Yes. Yeah. I felt like when we entered into February we were entering into like a buffer zone. <laughs> Between the, think... between the craziness that was the fall and early winter and then, right, we can just breathe a little bit right now and then get ready because from March all the way through the summer, uh, it's going to be a little crazy.
1: Well, I think it's already a little
0: crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's various levels of crazy, Pia. <laughs> this is mild yeah. crazy, but I have a feeling it might get a little bit more amped up crazy. And of course people are feeling this individually in their own lives. We're talking now, you know about bigger energies that are affecting the collective, let's say, or the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but individuals are also feeling this craziness. um and, and it's not a comfortable feeling for a lot of people. We're kind of being kind of I don't know pushed maybe to be different. Mm-hmm.
1: Gee, would you say it's a comfortable feeling for anybody? Even those of us who are flexible and go with the flow, it's still not comfortable because it's yeah. unfamiliar, unexpected, all of that.
0: Yeah, and I, I think maybe the mantra becomes "expect the unexpected," and yeah. it is sort of crescendoing. I, I see that actually from a, a, a more cyclical perspective of the of the planets. Right, we're we're crescendoing as you know saturn now moving through pisces neptune moving through well he will be moving through pisces finishing up through the wheel of the zodiac jupiter already having you know set the tone of what comes next in aries and then even in the next few years we're we're going to see neptune move into aries and pluto then you know landing in aquarius so we have planets that are pushing us to really change and evolve and grow and expand but we can't do that until we let go of some of the old mm-hmm. stuff that's in the way the old paradigms that that we've built the the old thought forms that are mm-hmm. circulating you know we've, we've got to do something different in order for it to be reflected to us in a different way yeah
2: we have a choice go ahead Tom. well i, I was going to say absolutely and people are going to have to become a little bit more comfortable. And this is going to sound funny getting out of their comfort zones because of what you just explained. It's not going to be just a walk in the park. It's going to take a lot of work to let go of those old paradigms, those old thought forms, those old trainings that we're so used to. I mean, humanity has been just going along and along and along for years, decades, with the same kind of of information, the same kind of controls, the same kind of situations that keep cropping up have been very similar in many ways. We're going to have to step away from that. We're going to have to create a new reality, a new paradigm understanding. And people aren't going to easily want to do that. So it's going to be a big deal. It's really, truly going to be a big, big transition.
1: And what I was going to say goes right in alignment with what Cullen just said. I think the earth is showing us how to do that. We can either cling to the old structures until something slams us into oblivion as those structures crumble, or we can consciously make choices to do things differently, building new structures based on higher values and that's the choices Cullen was talking about creating something different, creating a better way. That that's our job right now.
0: That's definitely our job right now, but we are still so much in our ways, bickering and fighting over the stupidest of things when yeah. there are bigger fish to fry. And you know, that that thing, that uh, that concept of, you know, fighting and uh it's almost like you feel like they're just gripping onto the old without wanting to let go and just see what is going to happen. What it what would happen if we cooperated instead of fought? Yes,
2: yeah, and it's in it, It's absolutely at every level. It's it's a a national level about countries that don't get along that say, "I don't like what you're doing," so I have my thumb pretty close to the nuclear button and then it translates in a much more tiny tiny way in personal relationships it's it's all across the board it's time that we stop this ridiculous tension that we've all created and as you said start cooperating the whole the whole notion of competition needs to go away it, yeah Cooperation is the medicine that we need to stop this craziness. Mm -hmm. And, And until that happens, the bickering and the judgment and all the things that are keeping us stuck in this mad world that we live in are not going to change.
1: And that's gonna require us to have a new level of acceptance of things that are unfamiliar, things that we don't necessarily understand, all kinds of levels of acceptance instead of judging things and others automatically because they don't fit within our paradigm or what we expect. So we have to start accepting more open-heartedly.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the spirit of collaboration, cooperation, and all of that, that's very air-oriented. Mm-hmm. So, we stand to gain more and more of that as time goes on and materialism and all that, um, uh, co- uh, competitiveness and what's a capitalism, all of that were uh, part of the earth age. And that part is, you know, not necessarily, I, I don't want to say it's going away, but it is changing and morphing over time. And, you know, people, I think sometimes lag a little behind that, right? We're, we're kind of lagging behind. But here's the other thing that I was thinking about this morning as I was blow drying my hair. We, the people, and the people not just of the U.S., but around the world, we're going to have to become more um, uh, ad- active in what we choose, but then also how we hold our politicians or leaders to because, you know, there's been a lot of things that have kind of come along that, you know, things in the water or, you know, television and t- cell phones and all these kind of things that kind of pull our attention away from being an active participant in the planet and or in your, you know, lo- local governments or your, you know, mid-level governments. And, you know, while that while our attention is turned away, a whole lot of shenanigans are taking place. Mm
2: mm-hmm.
0: So it's hard for it's hard for us as, you, you know, GQ citizen to blame anybody else because we've kind of also just sort of let things go.
1: You're right. And that's exactly what the period of 13 day period of seeing energy is giving us a way to do it and some tools to use not to get caught in the details while they're distracting us from the big picture. And that's seek the big picture
2: it does and that and that brings us back to something we've shared and talked with you about many times personal responsibility because what you just brought up is all about personal responsibility we have to be clearer about who we are what we want and making the best possible decisions for the highest good of all, not just selfishly for ourselves or our family or our clan or our nation. We have to have a much broader understanding of how is the action we're taking, how is the choice we're making affecting everyone else? And it it comes down, fortunately or unfortunately, to personal choices, which translates to personal responsibility.
0: Yep, absolutely. And of course, you know, with a lot of energy around Aquarius at the moment, and going forward into the future now, um, it becomes power to the people, you know, it really does show that the power is in the individual that is part of the group. Mm -hmm. So we are balancing both that rather than just sitting passively back, and you know, being sheeple, um, we really have to step forward and be a part of the experience of what's happening here uh, in every way that you can possibly be. Now, not everybody is going to have interest in doing, doing things, you know, politically, but maybe you have, you know, on some kind of civic level in your community that you can do something, if that if you see something, say something right? If you don't like what's happening, then take some steps to do something, you know, find out if you can collaborate with others uh, to make an impact. So it's our responsibility, really, it is comes right down to responsibility. And, Yeah. uh, yeah, so that's where we're heading more and more toward. But we also have a responsibility to keep moving ourselves forward as individuals, right? What, you know, letting our own beliefs, Uh, examining our own beliefs, examining our own stuck places. And that's been a big thing also for a while now, actually, for the last couple of years. Where are you stuck and why are you stuck there? And what's it going to take for you to choose? It's always about choice. It really does come down to choice. What are you going to choose to do?
2: It it does. And there's a really old saying, it starts at home. Mm -hmm. And, And it's true. It is true. It starts at home we yeah. we have to we have to do this individually first and we we have to teach our children and our grandchildren how to make those better choices how to be personally responsible how to see the big picture because if if we're looking at just our own little lives and i don't and i don't mean that as a as a negative statement our own little lives but we have to look beyond our own needs. We have to look beyond what we want or what we think is necessary or right. And that's actually happening. That's one of the reasons why people are waking up. Because yeah. people, people are realizing at this point that they have to have a greater perspective. They have to have something bigger in their life than thinking well I recycle so that's enough I'm I'm doing a really good job because I'm choosing to recycle that's the beginning that's the very beginning of the bigger picture Recycling's great but it's a tiny little gesture
0: Details. But if that is all that you can do as a person, right, then, then that, then do it the best way that you can, right? Mm-hmm. Get others involved in doing a recycling project, you know, add to that. I, I don't mean that people have to go out and do the big bang things. Because every little thing helps, it adds to, you know, mm-hmm. the, the total, the sum total of the changes that are taking place. So you started to say something, Pia?
1: I just said, it's details, you know, those are very important details, but don't lose track of the bigger picture.
0: A bigger why. Why would I recycle? You know, what's important about that?
1: What else could we bring into our experience through the choices we make? That's
0: the bigger picture. Yeah. And you know, there, then if if you're into that, then then looking at well, when I go to the grocery store or I'm out purchasing things, can I also purchase in a recycling sort of mindset, mm-hmm. right? So I'm buying things that are easily recyclable and not heavy plastics or you know, that it's it's a mindset, it's a mind change actually, mm-hmm. um, it, changing of the mind.
2: It is, and there are stores cropping up everywhere where you can't buy anything in, in that particular store unless you bring a glass jar or, or some, some kind of packaging that you bring from home that's recyclable in itself. And I think that is a fantastic way of offering the public ways to buy things that are way less wasteful. Um, I think it's an amazing new trend.
0: Hmm, that is interesting. I haven't seen that one. Now, here where I live, it's all about the bags. <laughs> right, hmm. The state has made it so that you have to pay for bags if you want a bag. And uh, so, I mean, it, consequently, people bring their own canvas bags to put their groceries in. And I think that's huge. Right. That's cutting down on paper. It's cutting down on plastic. And, you know, it's reusable. It's a great thing that I think they did. Um, so those kinds of steps, they're leading us in the right direction. Mm-hmm. There's heart in that. Yeah. Um, even if it's annoying when you go to the store and you forgot your bags and you have to pay <laughs> eight cents for a bag or whatever. But, you know, it reminds you, okay, you know, be conscious about what it is that you're doing. And, you know, then even why am I doing what am I doing? Right? What Why am I doing this? So, I want to take a moment to say good morning to people because there's a lot of people joining us here. Oh, my goodness. So, I can't go through all these comments probably. But hello, Debbie Tibbetts, Tumiel, and Tom. Hello, treat yourself. Irene from uh, Sweden. She says, Hello, everyone from a stormy south of Sweden. The wind is really an energy changer. It's uh, kind of weird here today, too. Pam Zaruba, good morning. Christine Buckingham, hello. JLo, hello. Uh, Christine says many buildings there weren't built to code. She's speaking, of course, of our conversation earlier about Turkey. Uh, Blessings to everyone affected in Turkey. My friend's sister is in a shelter safe with her family. That's good to know. That's from Treat Yourself. Tom, let's not forget Roswell in the 1940s. Nothing to see here and be very afraid of UFOs. More fear porn. That's the other thing, right? Fear. Gotta go. Christine uh agrees with tom and <laughs> tom says my balloon rides are postponed to further notice <laughs> uh, that's funny. Don't want to get shot down, of course. Uh let's see, J Lo, the alphabet boys strike again with new names. Uh J Lo loves digging deeper. And J Lo, thank you for that reminder. Please take a moment and click the thumbs up button or the like button, whichever uh group you're in, social media on Facebook is what is that the like? And on YouTube, if you're watching us, hit the thumbs up button and then share the video, right? Share it with people. Thailand 21. Good morning to you. What is coming in March? You might be asking that because we were talking about the transition of Saturn in March moving out of Aquarius and into Pisces. And then just 13 days or so later, uh, uh, Pluto, the planet of transformation moving out of Capricorn and doing kind of a a toe tap into Aquarius energy eventually he's going to retrograde and go backward into Capricorn. It's kind of a fading in and out of the next couple of years for Pluto, but it changes up the paradigm and it all really begins in March. Julie Kiss, hello to you. Natasha, good morning. Uh, Being in the schools, I would say there are moments of insanity. (laughs) Yeah, the kids, you know, they they don't have as many filters as we adults do. And so you get a more uh, intense version of The things that are happening in the world through them. Tom, without deviation from the norm, progress is not possible. A quote from Frank Zappa. Love Mm -hmm. him. And um, then there's conversation between Tom and Christine about Frank Zappa. Treat yourself, says yes, that's so true. Thank you. It's an inside job, Tom says. Irene, holy cow, we missed a lot of comments this morning. (laughs) Irene says, okay. Oh yes, we. Create with our choices, and we are 100% responsible. What do we choose in every minute, and from where? From ego, greed, desire, or heart, and the highest good of all. I love that. Uh, Tom says paying for bags is a scam. <laughs> <laughs> Just contributes to the recycling fee the stores have to pay, the recycling industry. Why penalize if folks shop at the last minute? Uh, treat yourself. It's only eight cents, Tom, seriously, really. Big deal. I mean, big deal. Um, treat yourself, yes. And they tax the bag you buy. I'm the one who forgets the bags, but I'm le- I'm learning. Thank you. I don't believe the bags are taxed here in Washington. I believe eight cents includes probably the tax hidden somehow. Um, treat yourself. Uh, smiling at that, and Thailand says hi, everyone, and blessings. Wow, it's so good to see you all out there this morning, and I'm so glad that you are. Uh, interacting with one another, but also interacting with us. Um, before we go on, I, I want to throw out a little bit of astrology this morning. I mean, it is an astrology show after all, um, because we do have a, you know, an interesting weekend. You know, we, we've we been talking this morning about changes and about, you know, what direction are we headed in and air versus earth and all of this kind of thing and our personal responsibility for it, uh, for everything. And it really is interesting to see then how the uh, transiting planets kind of mirror that. Like, it's no mistake why we end up talking sometimes about certain subjects, right? It just, it's an as above, so below kind of thing. Well, absolutely, today, we have a Mercury connection to Jupiter called a sextile, which is a good flowing piece of of, uh, energy between them. Jupiter is in Aries right now planting seeds, the seeds of what's to come. Mercury is in Aquarius with messages of what's to come, you know, from Jupiter and how are we going to use it in the future, right? So we have future and we have these planting seeds, but the whole of that transit is all about gaining an understanding through information, but also through experience. In other words, it can't just all be mind related. We can't just use our heads ad nauseum for everything. We actually have to go out in the world and demonstrate. We have to try and possibly even risk failure in things. And that's the message coming for today from uh, Mercury and Jupiter. And then, of course, tomorrow, uh, the sun moves into Pisces. So we have a change of the sun's focus, maybe increasing the level of altruism or humanitarian focus, It's a time for us to feel, uh, to imagine, to dream of what could be, right? Nothing happens concretely in our 3D experience unless we dream it first or unless we can imagine it. Um, It brings up the universality of everything, how we are all pieces of this bigger puzzle. And of course, it can increase our compassion, our empathy for one another, um, the spirituality of the planet increases, uh, selfless love, right, going from self, more selfishness or negative self-centeredness, let's say, um, to the more selfless or more altruistic kind of love. But there's a deep shadow in Pisces that we're also going to need to contend with. And that's about being a victim. It's about fear. It is about passivity which we're also talking about. You can't just like sit back and think that everybody else is going to take care of whatever it is that needs to be taken care of. Get active, right? Jump in. So we might have to fight against the stream a little bit in um, the next 30 days or so of the sun's uh, transit through Pisces. And then that brings us to the new moon, which for the West Coast is occurring on Sunday, but it's at like 11.06 p.m. So every time zone uh, to the east of us is going to be in on the 20th, so on Monday. So it's appropriate then for us to talk about that. And I noticed that the new moon is actually at 12 exploring. So maybe you can start us off, Pia, and tell us what, what can we expect with something new, the new moon, a new cycle beginning at 12 exploring?
1: Well, the 12 energy is all about understanding. So a new moon bringing in new ideas, new possibilities under the energy of 12 is bringing us a greater potential for understanding through the exploring energy. Exploring is all about just what it says, going out and looking beyond your own limits, looking to see what else is possible. And using the 12 to understand that takes us directly into the influence of this new moon in a really positive, upbeat way. It's a great day. Lots and lots of good energy that day. I love Which it. We need, we need good energy.
0: Yes, we do. We do. Because this is the new moon, of course, the prelude to all of the March madness. Right. right. <laughs> or how the madness begins and takes us on into, you know, the next couple of months, uh, maybe the next couple of seasons or maybe the next couple of years. But we, we have the tools to get through this. And, you know, the, the new moon is in Pisces at one degree, 22 minutes, right? It's just barely into the sign. Uh, but I was thinking about how this would be about taking things out of the imagination and, and into the real world. So like out of the frying pan and into the fire, but out of the imagination and out into reality. I love and, that. That's yeah, great. Because we can imagine, you know. We can imagine the most beautiful things, mm-hmm. and everything that we want to create begins in that imaginal realm. But if it just stays in the imaginal realm, does it ever really come out and into the world? So we have to actually be the ones that are taking the action. You know, we're the we're the um, the place that heaven and earth meet, right? That human, mm-hmm. the human is the interface between heaven and earth. And that's what I kind of see with this new moon is that you can imagine all these wonderfully loving, beautiful things, but unless you do something and take action on those things, they remain just up there in the imagination. Hello. So got to take some action. But I love the human design gate that we go into as soon as the well, we're in that gate already with this or we will be on uh, Sunday, which is the gate 55. It sits on the emotional center, and it's called the gate of abundance. And I've always marveled at how almost every one of us has been taught that abundance comes from what you do, right? Go to work, earn a living, Mm -hmm. make money, pay your bills, play with whatever's left over. But abundance doesn't live on the sacral, which would be the center of doing in your human design. It lives in the emotions, the solar plexus. So we see the source of true abundance is spiritual, it is emotional, and it is about aligning yourself with what is abundance. It's aligning yourself with your truth. It's aligning yourself with your heart. And that's where the new moon is also going to be. And so I feel like it's pretty optimistic of a new moon. I I think you just were saying that same thing with 12 exploring energy. Um, I also like to look up, what the degrees are, what some people might call the Sabian symbols, but I look it up through my Dane Rudyar book, which is called an astrological mandala. And I don't know that this book is accessible to many people right now. I think it's out of print. As you can see, my copy is pretty beat up. Like I got the last used copy on the planet, I think. Um, but when we look uh, at Dane Rujar, what he's done is uh, ascribed and energy to every degree of the zodiac so that and and this was kind of channeled right from uh years back and the degree that the new moon is sitting at is called an unexpected thunderstorm and it becomes something of nature's challenge so in, in uh, this new moon through this degree, what we see is developing security that is enabling us to meet the unexpected crises that are going to happen. They happen. Turkey happened. Right. And and there's more. Right. <laughs> There'll be more, more experiences of crises. But, you know, in in order to move forward, we, we have to be able to imagine that we have the tools, we have the knowledge, we have the ability to meet those crises and move forward. It's plain and simple, right? We do that. Humans are really resilient. Think of all the things we've been through since we came to be on this planet. We're resilient. And then we also see the new moon very close to uh, Saturn. Saturn will be at 28 degrees, 10 minutes. The new moon is at 122 of the next sign over. So we have an out of sign conjunction what we have is Saturn completing a transit in the sign of Aquarius and the new moon taking us into the new territory, the next territory. And Saturn moves into that territory pretty soon himself. So Saturn's degree, I think, tells us even more because it is in, in the Rudyar book is about a, it, its keynote is a woman reading tea leaves. I love this one because it's all about clairvoyance and the ability to see in everything the signature of deeper realities. In other words, letting the letting the earth, letting your outer world sort of guide you to what is the next step. And that being the reflection then of your intuition or your inner self, your inner being. So I really get a sense with the new moon that we're. We're using the energy in new ways, right? We're being more in tune with what's happening uh, of, of what direction to go in. And we don't always have that at a new moon, right? We have some chaotic energies often at a new moon, something that we have to solve first before we can you know, encapsulate that new energy. But we don't have that here. And we also have Venus in a sextile to Pluto at the new moon. So what we have is deepening love and deepening compassion for one another or for each other. Uh, we have an increase in our creative ability, our imaginal abilities. And it reminded me a song of a song, Tom, you'll know, because you always like music, uh, Bring Me a Higher Love. Mm-hmm. And um, that's in this new moon as well. Bring me a higher love. What does that mean? Like a higher spiritual love. Bring me a more encompassing love. Bring me more tolerance and acceptance and compassion and empathy. It's almost a plea for us to get out of our bad selves and into this, you know, bigger um, loving energy. And uh, all of that's embodied in this new moon. Kind of cool. Um, also with this, there is... Uh, for those of you who are listening this morning, there's a site that I like to go to sometimes for information. It's called Astrology King, like the king with a crown, dot com, Astrology dot com. And I learned something this morning. I don't even know why I went there, but I did. And I learned about a new. I'm not sure that it's new to me, but it's called the eye. It's an aspect pattern that happens in astrology. I'd never heard of it before. So it's new to me, but the eye is an aspect pattern. I'm going to show you guys a picture of it because I drew it in so we could see it. And it happens when two planets are in sextile and the planets in sextile are over here. It's uh, Pluto on this side and Venus on this side. And it's that sextile that is all the bring me a higher love kind of thing, higher creativity. And then it points to a space right between Saturn and the new moon called a midway point. And it kind of, you know, resembles, if I turned it upside down, maybe you'd see how it resembles sort of an eye. It's a triangle, but if you think of it as your eyelid, you know, and the ability to blink down over the eye. And what the eye does as an aspect is gives us information. So information, details, uh, all of the stuff that we need to know And it blends it with intuition. And that way we have ability to become clairvoyant, to see the future, to see what path to go down, what's next, right? What's next? So we're blending sort of the left brain and the right brain together using both hemispheres in the way that they were really meant to be used, which is in a highly creative and a highly intuitively focused way. I thought that was so magnificent to have that. During the same period of time, uh, we have somebody named Brian Pasano saying, "Good good evening here in the Philippines. Uh, it's already morning. I'm not sure what that means, but it's it's early it's early morning my time, but it's evening for you guys, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, time wise, yeah. Yes. So. Uh, J-Lo says, yes, it's a great website. Yeah, he also goes deeper into galactic stuff uh, as well, looking at what constellations or stars, fixed stars that there might be um, at that same time. Uh, I didn't bring that up because it's a kind of minor uh, aspect stuff, because there's enough with this new moon. I think it's just really interesting. Uh,
1: He and we are already past the energy you're in today. You are in, and most of your listeners are in, the energy of nine devoting. And we have already used the devoting energy and the harmony of nine today. And we have already moved at sunset into 10 illuminating, which is kind of interesting because 10 brings either challenges or manifestation. Again, we're back at that point of choice. And the illuminating energy is about bringing in more light and avoiding the drama. So... Interesting place for us to precede the new moon.
0: Yeah, that is. And then, so then the day, then you'll go into 11 choosing, Mm -hmm. then that leads to the new moon. So... And isn't 11 uh, about illumination or light? Or 11
1: is also about light. So we have the earth energy of illuminating on one day. And the following day, we have the universal energy about light. So you have got sort of a double blessing, a double gift of more light coming in energetically in this system, which aligns with everything
0: you're saying in Western astrology. It's great. I love it, I love it when the systems talk together. They do. Mm-hmm. They do always a synchrony right that we can see now take us into march since we won't see you until you know this time in march okay. uh, is there anything for us to be very aware of astrology or from the standpoint of the pleiadians uh, well, where are we moving no
1: the west the western astrology says march 7th is a big day with the full moon and we also have saturn moving wherever saturn's moving all this uh, stuff Pisces <laughs> Right. On the seventh. And from our perspective, with the Pleiadian Earth energy, we move into the energy of loving. Now, loving energy has a very nice name. It sounds all soft and cuddly. But actually, (laughs) the truth about loving energy is that there is full of dynamic tension in this energy. Dynamic tension so that we can learn to accept other viewpoints, move into harmony together, learn higher love as you were talking. So I find all of those things coinciding on the same day, the full moon, Saturn's movement, and we start a new 13 day period of dynamic tension on that same day, foretells what's possible. We can get caught up in conflict, Or we can step aside and do an Aikido move around the conflict and choose the higher love, the higher path, and then step into the higher vibratory levels of what loving energy really is. Loving energy has a lot of divine feminine energy. A lot of people say that it has Christ consciousness in it. It has more of the acceptance level of high love than most of the other energies. But that comes with tons of dynamic tension to reach that place. So we got our hands full for those thirteen days.
0: Yes, we do, and you know, even going forward after that, in um, in the human design uh, astrology, when Pluto moves into Aquarius, he is sitting at a gate for the entire year. Right? He's even it's partly Capricorn, it's partly Aquarius, and it's called the Gate Sixty, which is the Gate of Acceptance. Yeah, and. It also has another name in quantum human design, which is conservatism or conservation, not conservatism, but conservation. And I think what you know you are really saying here is that we, we really do want to take the best of what we have with mm-hmm. us on our journey forward. But we also have to find new ways of being with one another um, and with the earth and with the universe that we're in. Um, in order to, you know, not just survive, but to thrive. Because there's yes. a lot of people not thriving at the moment. So yes,
1: it's true. So yeah. we, it's really important. I need to just say this, but it's really important that we don't enter into the loving period with tension ourselves with feeling like, Oh, what's going to hit me next? Or that expectation of something negative, it's really important that we enter into it with the expectation that we're going to achieve the higher vibratory levels. Yeah, That's oh. the imagining kicking in to bring it into the reality that we live. That's important to do.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, and as I knew Tom Wood, he found the song. It was uh, Bring Me Higher Love is by Stephen Winwood, mm-hmm. and has uh, features Shaka Khan. So now all of us are on, I see a lot of people going to YouTube (laughs) looking for this video of higher love, one of the better songs out there, you know. It's a great song. It's a great song. Uh, So uh, higher love can have so many meanings, right? What does that mean? I think it means something maybe different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in general, it's all about, you know, thinking from that point of view, love, what's the most loving thing? that uh, we can do for one another, for the planet, for each other, you know, in our families, in our, for ourselves, self-love, kind of interesting. Uh, Let's see, any other, speaking of March, the spring equinox falls on a one being. Yes,
1: absolutely, and it's also on equinox, and as you just said, so we have a lot of new beginnings. One being is a double new beginning, one universal energy being is the first of the earth energies all coming on spring equinox. That is a really auspicious start of something good.
2: Yeah, that, that, that really signals to us that we have the opportunity this spring to really reset ourselves and the earth. We really have the impetus, the energy to truly begin something new. And Mm -hmm. it it can be enormously powerful. And And I wanted to bring in something else that both of you have been talking about. Talking about the imaginal world and the dreamscape world. Those two elements are exceedingly important as you both talked about a moment ago. But our job is being the creator's of doing something with those two elements. We have to create from those two spaces what we want. It's not just a mental or a psychic or an emotional place in between the the imagination and and the dream. It's what we do as creators to do something with it. We have to pull that information. We have to pull that energy out of the ethers and actually create something as the master creators that we are into reality. And that is the difference between passivity and being active. We have to do the work ourselves. We, we We can't just think about it and go, well, wouldn't that be wonderful to have that dream come true? Or wouldn't what I imagined on paper, what would it really be like? Well, it's not going to be like anything unless we do something about it. Mm-hmm. So we have to be self-creative to actually manifest those dreams or those imaginations. And it's our job. And yeah. that, that is going to what we would say is going to be the, the game changer.
0: You know, and the, the scary part of that is that there is a lot of potential to for escapism, right? People to escape into a virtual reality where you can take all of that whimsical creative energy and you're creating it in an imaginal world rather than taking and accessing that same sort of creative energy and bringing it into the physical 3D realm. Absolutely. And we're going to come up against that time and again over these next 200 years, especially of uh, the age of Earth or age of air. Uh, so, yes, there's something to be said about that imaginal world. But unless we can bring it into where our boots are, which are on the planet, on the Earth, um, we can, you know, instead end up creating all of that, but in a virtual a world and not a real world
2: yep yep we have we have to channel it into a biological world not not a cerebral world. one yes it it has to it has to be connected to biology and nature to be real and we don't want to be artificial we want to be real
0: yeah You know, use the same paintbrush that you would use for the imaginal virtual realm, but instead use it in your real world. If it can be built in an imaginal world, it can be built in a real world. Yep. Yes. You just haven't found the way to do it, or you just haven't taken those next steps. Mm -hmm. So it's an important thing to remember that you're trying to escape into a world where you can create whatever it is that you want to create but you are already living in a world (laughs) that you could create whatever it is you want to create um, without having to escape and go into someplace. That's not true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's That's a
1: real good point. Janet escaping into something that isn't true. And I think a lot of people that dance with this virtual reality stuff sort of forget that it's not real, that it's not true. They forget about that. It's part of the pattern of escapism.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think that's a really important important point that, that we can create here on this planet, not out somewhere in the ozone, what we want. We can create it here, but we have to be careful about what we wish for, because if, if we're wishing for an artificial reality we're going to we're going to go into a space that isn't healthy it's not it's not going to be in quotes real you know yeah. it's not going to be real it's going to be artificial and frankly that that's a journey in the wrong direction that is not truly where we want to be
0: yeah. Now, I like the idea of escaping into virtual reality to try and test out ideas and, you know, see how imaginal things might actually work in uh, that world. But you can't keep it just there. I mean, the rest of the planet is falling apart while you're in this escaped realm. You have to be able to come back and bring, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to bring back these experiences and these p- potentials potentialities into the real world. You know, have you ever?
1: I actually think, Janet, it's more powerful if instead of escaping, which is an individual thing, people do it alone in separation. I think it would be much more powerful if people would choose to get together with other people and brainstorm together in this reality.
0: (laughs) This reality, yes.
1: I think that's far more powerful than using an escape to dream up something. We have more power in our imagination here in reality than we can ever get by association with artificial reality.
0: Right. But, you know, in those virtual realms, they're not alone. Right. I mean, there are games and things that you do. It's not. It's not. But you but there are real people who are also in that virtual world with you And how much more powerful would they be
1: if they were meeting up on a Zoom call face-to-face or better yet, in a real-time real meeting? They would be so much more powerful because we downplay how much power we have. We sell ourselves short by trying to think that we have to go into some artificial setting to be able to access our power rather than accessing it here, now, together.
0: Yeah, that's all very true. All very true, but that's what the pull is, right? That, that yeah. the virtual world feels so real. Have you ever put, have you ever tried, um, it's called an <laughs> Oculus, right? It's like a goggles that you put on yeah. that simulate the, uh, a, a, a world. So uh, my son has one um, and there was a program that was running about a roller coaster. And literally my stomach was reacting as if I were on a real roller coaster.
1: Well, Disney World did that, you know, you could go to Disney World, maybe Disneyland too, and you could be on a ride or in an audience where that kind of thing yes, was. Yes, yes, they did. So that's been around for a long,
0: long time. Uh, but the thing, the the draw is that it's becoming much more real feeling. Yeah. And it can keep drawing people's attention into that imaginal world. And we're going to have to really work to stay feet on the ground and create yeah in this world this is where you live not in that imaginal world
1: because that draw is dangerous it is
0: it is for escapism because while you're in that virtual world the powers that be can be doing whatever it is that they want to in this world Mm -hmm. Oh. and so much of it is already done before you ever know it's been started Mm -hmm. it's already done
2: Janet, you just suggested the bingo of what we're talking about. You just you just approached exactly why Pia used the word dangerous, because things go on without people understanding why or how they're going on if they're off having a wonderful time in this adventure that they call virtual reality you're 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 opening up a huge topic of well what's going on behind the scenes while everybody's having a great old time
0: yeah <laughs> it is it it just could keep your mind twisted i mean tom's like we're already in an imaginal world the illusion the matrix aka also known other terms whatever but you know that there's that idea too that real life what we think is real life is also a sort of matrix of, of imagined energy. And then we're in this already imagined energy trying to escape it into a, another level of imaginal world. <laughs> it's just...
1: Well, that takes us back full circle to what happens <laughs> when we step into seeing energy, not to get caught up in the details
0: and lose the big picture of the whole agenda exactly and you know so much already happens even when we are real i mean even when we are focused in this reality that we're in so much is going on you know underhandedly behind the scenes under our right under our very noses imagine how much easier it is if we're continually escaping into yes these other realms
1: that's the danger absolutely danger
2: absolutely Absolutely.
0: You lose your authority, you lose your ability to make decisions, mm-hmm. yeah. decisions that have impact anyway, right? In yes. some kind of physical way. Well, unbelievably, it's already close to nine o'clock. Is there any last things that you want to leave us with uh, as we move on into March or anything that you want to share about what work you're doing right now?
1: I think what I would leave everybody with is hold on to your hats and keep on going. <laughs> Wear your lead boots. <laughs> yeah. Keep yourself grounded to the earth and keep doing the best you can one step ahead, ahead at a time. Yeah, yeah I think
2: I think doing our best to stay in as much unconditional love as we can, both for ourselves and for everyone else. I think there's so much turmoil. There's so much turbulence. There's so much chaos going on around all of us. That If if we can maintain a non-judgmental, unconditional love stance, I think that will help create exactly what we're trying to accomplish in changing the world.
1: And as far as what we're doing right now, a lot of people are trying to talk to our good friends Larkma to get Pleiadian perspectives on whatever's going on in their lives individually. So we're hosting a lot of Larkma sessions for people. And a lot of people are interested in looking at their energy more deeply to see where their karmic patterns, gifts, and challenges are. So I'm doing a lot of charts, have a small waiting list at the moment. So that's where our attention is focused right now. And people can find out about that at Larkma, L-A-A-R-K-M-A-A dot com. Both things are listed there.
0: L-A-A-R-K-M-A-A dot com.
1: Yep. So that's what yeah. we're about, what we're doing. And as I said a moment ago, holding on to our own hats and putting one step forward at a time.
2: <laughs> right. And and spending time sharing as we have just now with you and all of your listeners, banding together and and trying our best to communicate and to support each other is incredibly important right now because people feel lonely. People feel like they're out there by themselves. And each each program like this that's being broadcast around the world is helping everybody feel like they're not alone, that they are supported and that we are doing this as a unified together situation.
0: Yeah. And remember everybody, it all depends on what is it you want to create. Do you mm-hmm. want to keep creating a chaotic ugly world? Or do you want to create one of beauty, harmony, love, peace, joy, right? So focus on the things that you want, not on what you don't want. Thank you so much, Pia and Colin. It was great to see you both. We'll see you again March 17th, I'm guessing it is. I can't quite see my calendar over there. And uh, to everybody else, thank you for joining us this morning. I will be with you on Monday, barring no unforeseen internet issues, (laughs) which (laughs) happened to me this week. (laughs) Take care, everyone. Bye for now. Bye, everybody.
2: Bye-bye.